You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. How are you doing, Jasmine? Hey, how, do, how are you, John? I'm doing very good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm great. Enjoying this fall weather. Same here as well. I just wanted to say welcome to the show. Awesome. I'm so happy to be on. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. And I'm glad that you actually wanted to do a Hocus Pocus review with me. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. I, it's one that I grew up watching. So I was super Same. stoked to, to, to be able to talk about it. <laughs> awesome. And how is Ranimus doing, by the way? Oh, he's great. He's great. Uh, we're here with That's family, good. so he's um, he's here with me, uh, but he, he's doing awesome. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. So, I just want to say, hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have Jasmine and Lila with me today, and we're going to be doing our Hocus Pocus review. This movie came out in 1993 of July, which is actually unusual for a movie that to come out on July that's part of Halloween, and... This movie made 28, well, the budget was 28 million and only made 39 million. And I remember going to see this movie in theaters in 1993 with my family up in Boston. I don't know when you got, when when did you get to see this movie? I'm just wondering. Um, So actually, I didn't get to see it in theaters, uh, but I was born that year. So I first saw it when I was about five. Okay. (laughs) So I was about four or five years old when I actually first saw the movie. Okay, that's that's not unusual or anything like that, because I know it has a lot of nostalgia factors for people that were born during that year and stuff like that, too. And for me, I remember just being excited at the fact that, you know, this is actually a Halloween-based movie, but it was also kind of unusual for them to actually release this in July. But it was either release this in July or release... Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas in July. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was listening to Ro- Brooker's podcast episode of Film on the Rocks, and he was talking about it where they were both neck and neck, where the studio- studios didn't know what they wanted to do with it, because don't forget, uh, with Nightmare Before Christmas, it was also a Disney property as well. Right. So they're like, okay, what do we do? So I have to agree with Brooker. I have to say that they should have went on ahead and released Nightmare Before Christmas on uh, during the December month, and then have mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus in October. But that just goes to show you the backwards compatibility with Disney. <laughs> hey, it makes time. sense. I I actually noticed a trend. Like they're actually, I noticed like less movies that are horror films uh, get released during October, which is weird. Um, I noticed like a lot of them do come out before the before Halloween or before October. Um, so maybe that's something that, that 
happens frequently, but I just no, always noticed growing up that that was always weird why certain horror movies weren't released during uh, the, the Halloween season. Right. I found that unusual as well because I remember when H2O, which is the Halloween movie that was released in August or September, which I found unusual for during that time in 97. But anyways, um, so I really have to say I love the opening scene of this movie. It actually gives you the whole entire theme for the whole movie. Where you have the Sanderson sisters, they go on ahead, they take uh, Zachary Pinks' sister, and of course, you know, they want to actually be young again. In order to do that, they actually have to make this potion to where they can actually be young. So therefore, they have to suck the soul out of somebody in order for them to be young again. And then Mm -hmm. also, too, that's when Zachary comes in and tries to save her. And then, of course, he gets transformed into the cat. So what did you think about that? Um. That part I really enjoyed uh, just because it brings you straight into the action of the of what's happening. Uh, there's no real uh, setup or backstory as to how they came to be or where they were at. They just go straight into the drama, and I love it. Um, Same here. It, it goes straight into the whole entire plot point. And, of course, this takes place in Salem. And I'm going to get to that in a few minutes on some of the things that uh, because I'm actually from Boston, so I'm. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm gonna actually talk about a little bit of, little bit of background on this movie a little bit. But, you know, I like how it's not cut and dry. I like how they go straight into plot points and stuff like that. Because I think if they wound up doing the whole entire thing where they're giving an origin story to these sisters, it'd be like a two and a half hour movie. Oh yeah. And for oh, yeah, definitely. Right. And I feel like doing that to a kid during the 90s, our attention spans was probably about the attention spans of a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. So I definitely would be bored to tears to actually have to sit through that because I just want to <laughs> go on ahead, go straight to the magic. And that's exactly mm. what I feel like we got. Oh, yeah, definitely. And... Like I said, that I like the whole entire chemistry. You can actually believe that Zachary and his sister are c- close and everything. You actually have that within the five minutes of the film where he actually cares about his sister, which is mm-hmm. which is something that is unusual to do, especially when you don't have a back and forth thing going on, dialogue between the sister and the brother. But you can actually believe it because of the way Zachary actually carries himself. Oh, yeah. I think they did a great job uh, with who they casted. Um, for Zachary Banks, uh, because like he's he's great, he's phenomenal. They just, he just really plays off that energy of a of a strong big brother who just wants to be there to protect his sister, and and you really you really feel it. And again, it's not even like you're not even ten minutes in when all that's happening. Right, exactly. He winds up getting his friend to call in the townspeople to help out and. You know, I thought it was very good. The setup was really good on that. And of course, I love Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie. I thought that she was the standout in this film, besides Bette Midler. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny because uh, Disney Plus uh, has the uh, Hocus Pocus streaming on there, but they also have a commentary of the movie on there as well. Um, so they include like a lot of the actors' commentary, the directors, Kenny Ortega, um, and and just a lot of behind the scenes storyboards. So it really gets you uh, more information into the story. And it was funny because uh, Kathy Najimi's character is the sister Mary. Uh, she's such a, a kiss butt, kiss up to her sister Winifred, <laughs> but. They said they didn't have to try too hard to do that because Kathy Najimi was such a big fan of Bette Midler's. Exactly. I can definitely tell that. Definitely <laughs> have that whole entire thing where they're both fans of hers. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite thing is, though, you pretty much Sarah's like the dumb-witted blonde that oh, just yeah. around <laughs> dancing for no reason, especially when it was yeah. Dead Man's Toe and she's over there just... Dancing away with the whole dead man's toe with the whole potion about where they actually have to suck the soul out of, her, out of Zachary Pinks's. Exactly. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> and then I'm going to call uh, Mary's character like little Nikki because her mouth is actually kind of crooked like little Nikki <laughs> from M. <Anselm>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you think about it, they can actually be brother and sister in a sense, but. I thought that <laughs> humor actually works in this film, though. I really thought it was really good. 
Yeah, yeah. No, the, the humor is on point. Um, just, just like those little back and forth nudges between uh, all the sisters, especially Winifred, uh, to the other two is just, it's on point. It's hilarious. It really is, especially whenever Whitney goes on ahead, opens up the uh, window, and she goes, what a beautiful morning. It makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> that part was fun. Yeah, but- yeah definitely. <laughs> Then, of course, we go on ahead. They all say, well, the person who winds up lighting the black flame candle is whenever they're going to be coming back. And then that's whenever, which is actually very dark for someone my age probably to watch. But yeah, um, I found that interesting, too, now as like an adult rewatching it, um, because Disney's very big with like censorship and stuff like that. Um, so to actually have that part that, you know, slightly showing or depicted like that, I found very interesting. Same here as well, because now it's all about censorship back in the nineties and mm. before then it's like, Oh, they don't care. You can definitely tell the marketing team and the people who were behind Disney was not, wasn't really scared to show any type of risk. If you actually think of that. Yeah, definitely. And don't, <laughs> and don't forget in the nineties and everything too, we weren't, all sensitive about certain issues and stuff like that either so of course they actually have to change their ways and their business strategy now compared to where they were in the mm-hmm. 90s oh yeah definitely the, the audience is is a lot different um just with with the climate of things um but i i really just love how they 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 took a lot of liberties with, with a lot of things and you really see it play through especially compared to movies that are Halloween movies that they make now on the network. Right. Most definitely. And, you know, and then of course that you get into like modern times whenever after they get hung and it's like 1993, Max just moved into a new uh, town and he, of course he's from California. So he sticks out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. especially in this little town. And not only that, but I've been to Salem before, but not all the scenes were actually filmed in Boston and Salem and all that. But, wow. yeah, so that made me kind of disappointed. But, you know, it makes me feel like they captured the heart of Salem. Mm-hmm. Because but it's actually made me feel like I'm actually at Salem, even though some of it may not have been filmed in Salem. So it captured that heart to me. Nice. Now, how does that work? Because, um, again, I'm, I'm in, uh, from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How okay. is that movie... Uh, you know, shape, you know, growing up in Boston, how, how does that correlate? And how did, how did you feel like the authenticity of that type of atmosphere growing up in, in the more Northern Northeast of the, of the country? I'm going to be honest with you. None of that movie has anybody talking in Boston accents <laughs> at all, because they all say car instead of car. They all, they don't, they pronounce the R's. Everything is just, pronounced correctly (laughs) there's no one with that thick boston accent to where you can say okay this is definitely boston you know gotcha so it's like and i can understand that in a way it's either if you can do it do it if you can't don't do it at all because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be forced either so i can actually understand why they might have not went down in the direction or whatever maybe because maybe some of the actors or actresses couldn't capture that Mm -hmm. so i can actually completely understand but uh, as far as the town itself, it, I felt like it actually captured it a little bit. And it made me picture what Salem would look like in October. That's dope. That's awesome. So I do have to say they did capture that part right. Um, of course, I also remember going to Blockbusters whenever this came out in theaters. And Blockbusters actually had the little uh, Halloween candies with Hocus Pocus on it and a little advertisements of Hocus Pocus and stuff like that and I think it also came like a little haunted house type type of cardboard box though too which is the main reason why I wanted the trick-or-treat box oh nice that is awesome (laughs) so there's a little nostalgia factor to this movie about how much it actually means to me with this film but you know, as far as Max goes, moving into a new city and everything, it's never easy. You're trying to fit in, trying to find yourself again. And, you know, the person that he actually likes is Allison. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the chemistry between Allison and him was very good at the very beginning. 
Because you already have a sense of the fact that she is into him, even though she thinks that maybe she isn't. And even when you're, you're a teenager, if a girl's really into you or if she... Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I also liked the fact, too, you actually have the two bullies that are always waiting for them, waiting for them though, too, at the cemetery. Ice and oh, Jay. yeah. Ice and Jay, yeah. I I think like I, I think they do that a lot in a lot of the nineties movies. There was always like a tag team of um bullies who always get there <laughs> get what's coming to them. Right. Um and now rewatching it, I'm like, they're hilarious. They are hilarious. Even I, don't, though... I don't condone I don't I don't condone the bullying part, but I definitely they're 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 ridiculous. <laughs> They are ridiculous because I still remember I actually had a friend of mine that actually was into the whole hip hop culture and stuff like that, where he would actually uh, went on ahead and put his nickname on the back of his head like Ice did. Really? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So he was like really heavy into the culture like that. So that part made me laugh. I think of him. I think of my friend Josh. So it was like, hey, you remember that? Because I don't want to talk about that. That was <laughs> so that part actually makes me laugh every time I see it because of how ridiculous he actually looks. But... Yeah, and, and it brings you back because uh, again, you remind you're reminded that like you know they're in high school and they're all trying to reinvent themselves. And he's even his character is like, no, 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 I'm not Ernie anymore. I'm Ice. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you see Max's shoes and everything, and he wants his Nikes and. Of course, he's outnumbered from two to one, so he had no choice but to do it. And then, of course, he doesn't like the town that he lives in. He goes running upstairs. And then that's when we hear him talking about Allison again, being huddled up inside uh, the room, holding his pillow. (laughs) I think they do such a good job of the the parallel between Zachary Binks and his sister and the relationship between uh max and his sister and how they mm-hmm. make you care for them as older brothers and little sisters so fast because you're only like 20 minutes in before all the craziness starts and the you know the black candle is lit but at that moment you're already invested in these characters and they do it so quickly um you forget that you know you still have almost like a, an hour and more or less left in the movie <laughs> Exactly, because any other time, if somebody else would have done that, it would have actually felt rushed. Mm-hmm. But the way they make us care about it, these characters and everything, and the way they did it, the whole setup is just perfect. Exactly, I, it's I can... all about the right. Go on. Uh, yeah, and I can totally relate uh, to the little sister just wanting to hang out. I'm the youngest, um, and I can totally, totally, uh, you know. Uh, relate to the little sister because I was that little sister where I just wanted to hang around my big brother who was a teenager um, and, you know, you know, do all those things together, you know, and still keep that same relationship, even though he was, you know, wanted to hang out with girls and, you know, wanted to do his own thing. And I was just clutched at his side. So, you know, seeing that and uh, seeing that parallel between them really like pulls at my heartstrings because I can remember being that, you know, being in that headspace when I was little. <laughs> oh, same here. I mean, I mean, <laughs> a sister or anything like that. But I actually had a older. I actually have an older brother where I wanted to be in his spot, spotlight all the time and everything. And of course, I would always get on his nerves. But <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted that brother connection, you know, just to hang out with my brother and stuff like that. And that's actually what you feel with Danny mm-hmm. and Max, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I liked how uh, Danny tries to blackmail him into taking him trick or making him take her to trick or treating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Typical younger, younger, younger sibling. (laughs) Definitely. Most definitely. (laughs) And of course, he has no choice but to. And I like how he how the parents are like, and you can even tell that the parents actually care about their kids. Mm hmm as well even though it's like early on in the movie as well and i like it whenever they said so what are you supposed to be he goes a rapper and he's not even that enthused <laughs> <He just wasn't... laughs> 
in your well, your head has to be turned around this way. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I actually read uh, that there was a deleted scene uh, that they that there was a scene that wasn't uh, taken out uh, where he actually had to keep explaining his costume to each house he went to, and each time he said it was something else. <laughs> You see, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted him <laughs> to play off of that. So I might actually have to see if there's something on YouTube or something. Yeah, that definitely look into that. Because uh, I just reading about that and I was like, that would have been hilarious to see. Just them going door to door. He's like, I'm a pilot. I'm a rapper. I'm this. <laughs> right. I'm a security guard or, or a secret agent or something. That would have been so funny. Yeah. To play off of it. And I didn't even know that they had the tomatary and everything. So that's something else I have to look into as well. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know. Definitely. So, so of course, uh, they're going door to door, trick-or-treating. They run to Ice and Jay again. And Dan- I like the fact that Danny is not afraid of anything. And Max just wants to avoid them at all costs. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you how young kids are where they just are little deer devils. Oh yeah, they 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 don't see the danger in things uh, the way we do, um, and again, that's just their innocence. And she's just headstrong with her red lipstick and her witch costume, and she's like, "Yeah, I run this." And she's just, "I'll take on a bully. I can do this. This is my brother." <laughs> right, and then she's like, "I'm here with my big brother," and of course, you know, us as kids, we're always gonna think that they can take on the world. Exactly. <laughs> Then all of a sudden, it's Jay and Ice making fun of him again, calling him Hollywood and all that other stuff. <laughs> and so he winds up giving him the whole entire candy. And then finally, they get over to Allison's house. And I, I know that they get into a little bit of argument before they get there. But I liked how he actually took, how Max was able to take care of that situation with uh, Danny. Where he was there for her sister when she was upset with him. Oh, definitely. Again, another point where they make you care for the characters and pull at your heartstrings there. Definitely. And then, of course, we finally get to Alice's house, which is a big, huge house in Salem. And, you know, and the first thing that Danny says when he sees Allison, oh, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I like yours too, Allison, but I don't have any... What do you call that? Yabos? Yabos. <laughs> Which was perfect. The way the line was actually delivered was per- was perfectly executed. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely got the, the embarrass your big brother aspect down perfect. <laughs> right. Not like she didn't already embarrass him already. Yeah. During the first half of the night. <laughs> but then she winds up seeing who his crush is and then she's like, oh okay let me go on here and yeah. do this even more <laughs> and then, um, another thing though too that's when Allison winds up starting to tell them about they had for sisters and about the things that they'd done and the legend behind Zachary Banks and all that and Zach is like I mean Max is like well why don't we go on ahead and check this abandoned place out and that would have been me. I'm going to be honest with you. That would have been me trying to check out this abandoned uh, house that's supposed to be haunted. Mm-hmm. I love looking at stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just weird. But... Oh, no. I, I feel the same way. Probably at 10, I probably would have been terrified, um, especially because in the beginning, uh, they lead into the teacher explaining it. So you have like that little fear factor of it. So you assume in Danny's school they did the same thing. Um, now as an adult, I would have been like, okay, cool, that would be cool to check out. Right, and then of course Danny does wind up telling Max, "Hey, look, I don't want to go there. My school talked about it too." Mm-hmm. So yeah, so both schools told them the same story to give you a little bit more of the groundwork of what they're working with, and then. Uh, you know, they go down to the shop, and I love how they actually have it really dusty, really abandoned, uh, haunted witch's house. I really like it. You can definitely have that Halloween feel to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like all her potions, 
the cauldron, like everything is there and it just, it, it reeks of spookiness and of witches and, you know, Halloween. And it, it, it definitely gives you the creeps as they're going through uh, the Sanderson sisters house. <laughs> Most definitely. And what was your thoughts whenever uh, Max does finally light up the candle and everything? When we first saw that reaction as a kid, when you see the uh, green light underneath the house being lit up. Oh, that was so, that was so scary. Uh, I remember just being like, oh, no, he did it. Like, obviously, like growing up, um, like as a Latino little girl, like our families love just in within the culture, uh, love like, you know, hearing about the spiritual stuff and like witches and all different things like that. So he's watching this movie and then him lighting the candle that specifically says not to be lit and that green smoke, it was like, oh my gosh, it's about to go down. Right. And then, of course, it <laughs> says uh, a version who lights the candle that brings back the Anderson sisters. So I thought that was actually something funny, though. Max lights the candle, they come back and, you know, and then, of course, that's when you first see them arrive again. Yeah. So. I thought whenever I first saw this as a kid, I was creeped out a little bit, even though I was actually, uh, you know, knew what was going to happen because it was in the trailer. But seeing it on the big screen is totally different from seeing it on a square TV. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was, it was like a little bit of creep, a little bit of creepiness to it. But I really liked that aspect of how they done it and how it was delivered. And then, of course, when they finally wake up, and then Danny is still there, and she's not even afraid of them. <laughs> That's another thing, though, too. Danny's not even afraid of uh, these witches at all. Yeah, and, and if she is afraid, she really doesn't show it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm one of you guys. Like, I'm a witch, too. Like, she just plays into it. <clears throat> uh, one part that, like, right before, like, right after he lights the candle, and Zachary uh, actually jumps over and, and pushes him down. Um, it's like, oh no, wait, there's that black cat. Wait, that's, is that, is that Zachary Banks? Right. And so look, man makes everything, uh, real. So real though, because of the fact that the legend is true now, now that they know that it's more than just a story. Exactly. And now they have to break this curse that was laid up on Zachary now. And if it wasn't for him, wasn't for Max doing it or anything like that, there wouldn't be a curse to lift. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. And then, of course, they don't even know what Halloween is, so they're actually feeding into the girl, thinking that she really is a witch. Oh, yeah. It's 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 hilarious. <laughs> I didn't notice that until, I think, watching it, like, a few weeks ago, and I was like, wait a second. They think she's a witch. <laughs> right, because they never heard of Halloween. They never heard of... Uh, someone dressing up as something else. As a matter of fact, we actually see it again in another scene. Remember? Yeah. Uh, another scene, but we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I really like how they are playing into it. You know, and then they forgot the spell. They thought it was a dead man's, uh, they thought it, their nose and then a neck. and Dead man's toes, <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> and she's like, I remember you were over there dancing over there doing something else and at that point that's when Max comes in and Max says uh, it's claiming that he has magic which is just the uh, him lighting the fire uh, you know putting a cigarette lighter up to the uh, water sprinkler and of course that's how they escape and of course Whitney and them all think yeah <laughs> which I thought was actually it's, it's funny, funny. yeah yeah because then it remind, can reminds you like all those different uh different stories about witches like oh no she's melting she's melting like Wizard of Oz and then then they exactly. realize oh no this is this is just water they like this isn't this isn't gonna gonna kill us this is this is water <laughs> it's your stupid boy <laughs> and <laughs> That's my favorite line, though, is when she she goes, snap out of it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and of course, they all acting like that it's burning them whenever it really wasn't burning them. So, oh, but yeah. I, 
then they discovered that the road is actually blacktopped. And they thought it was actually water. Uh, which I oh, yeah. Her <laughs> into the uh, road. She goes, wait, this is a road. And she started dancing up and down the road. <laughs> yeah. And then they're all... It's, it's, uh, it's funny. Oh, go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 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 funny because uh, all three sisters, as crazy as they they seem, um, they're they're all very uh, united. Um, I was reading, and they were actually uh, said in the background of the characters. Uh, Winifred's father is actually a warlock. Uh, Mary's father is a bloodhound, which is why she's always like really like snarling and growling and barking and you know, sniffing out the children. And they said, uh, Sarah's, uh, <laughs> in, in, in Sarah's uh, father in the movie is actually the village idiot. So it makes sense that. that her character, <laughs> so her character is always like kind of ditzy and crazy and she's just not altogether there. <laughs> okay. But like, the one thing that, that, yeah. And then like what brought them together is that their devotion to their, to their mother and how, you know, close they were to her. Okay, I learned something new now. I didn't, and you know what? I was actually wondering too if there was like any warlocks during that time too. That's what was going on in my mind when I was actually watching this film again. I was like, I was wondering if there was like any warlocks in the background a little bit. Yeah, now, like, like you, it was actually interesting. Yeah, like like they they did a lot of work into it, and it was like what I realized was like reading it, the writers uh, Neil Cuthbert and uh, Mick Garris, they have a tremendous background uh within you know working on different movies neil cuthbert working on uh two movies he's worked on was uh, adventures of pluto nash and the return of swamp thing uh mick garris uh known for critters 2 and the shining so these guys definitely have the writing chops to pull off like a great family horror movie horror movie comedy um just because their background is you know, really, really intense and really good. Most definitely. I can definitely tell that they actually do have the hard chops and everything too. And plus I like the shining as well. And then of course I also grew up on critters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can definitely tell there is a little bit of an eighties vibe in there with the cheesiness in this film, Mm -hmm. but it's really good for its time. It actually worked out in its favor, but I also like the other thing with the fire truck when they first discover what fire trucks are. Oh, yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden they just take off running back to their uh, house as sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I think because a lot of movies also like when they're coming from a different time and they're like jumping into like a present, um, I think they kind of leave it as like they can adapt so quickly. Um, so I think they do a really good job of them, like, really not knowing where, what's going on, like, in this new world. So so their they're naivete, their ignorance to what the world is like 300 years later <laughs> right, really exactly. plays well. Like you, like, you can believe it. That's what I got out of it, too. I vibe where it's like, okay, we've been gone for this amount of time, 300 years. Paved roads. We don't have to worry about mud holes. We don't have to, and technology is totally different from back then because they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even know what Halloween was. And that's another thing. They all got rooms and every and everything to go and find kids, and then finally they land over into another part of the town. And she goes, "I see children." Just that's weird. Children, but I don't see children. <laughs> exactly is, uh, uh, right <laughs> which was something that I thought was really funny because they actually have that where they're not used to the culture of Halloween and they don't understand Halloween until they actually realize that the kids that are dressed up are in fact just dressing up as their favorite monster or whatever so therefore they're actually mm-hmm. fooled by, their, by the kids oh yeah definitely I don't. Let me ask you this: When you saw the kids dressed up, if you actually think about it from their perspective, 
it's like, okay, now these kids are trying to fool us to make us not think that they're actually kids so that way they wouldn't, so we don't drink from them. Did you get that kind of perspective? Yeah, I think, I think, um, later on, like watching it, I was like, oh, okay. Um, that was like, oh, wow. Especially like since they're seeing like all these like kids dressed up like witches and ghouls and goblins and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, okay. They really don't know. <laughs> exactly. And it's actually, that makes it even more, a lot more funny. And then I liked it whenever too, the, uh, I forgot who the actor was playing the devil, but they actually think that he was actually the devil. Oh my gosh. That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. Because uh, they're like really, really believe that they are actually uh, <laughs> that it's actually them, like that it's that it's the devil, and he's inviting them in. Uh, which is funny because Penny Marshall and her brother are like known for like their comedy duos, and they're like um, they're like super famous and at that time. Um, so it was like. It was hilarious to see them playing as a duo like that. Gary Marshall. Uh, Penny right. and Gary Marshall playing that. So it was hilarious. And like as a kid, I really didn't know who they were. I was just like, okay. But it was, it was, it was funny because they're like really thinking he's the devil and, <laughs> and going along with it. You see, I knew who Penny Marshall was at that time because of Big. And there was also an interview that was being played back and forth during the commercials between Big and Penny Marshall back and forth. Oh, okay, okay. So that so that's the only reason how I would have known that that was Penny Marshall. But, yeah. but I thought the chemistry between the brother and sister was really good because I liked it when he goes, they, call, they think I'm Satan. They, they're calling me Satan. <laughs> they think I'm, I'm the devil. He goes, when you hear what I have to tell, what I call you. <laughs> that's my favorite line in that part oh yeah and then, and then there's also too Mary who's slipping through the TV that the TV channels though because she's not used to a TV screen oh yeah the talking box and they're, they're just, she's just amazed <laughs> by it and then, uh, but I also remember the baby commercial that she was laughing her ass off on Oh, yes. Uh, I remember that commercial. I used to love that commercial as a kid. And her just cracking up at it made me it made me fall laughing. Laughing, it still does. It makes me laugh out loud. Um, but also, too, at this point, it also cuts up back over to Max and Allison and Danny, where, they're, where uh, they try to report everything that they saw to a cop, who they think is a cop. And he goes, my my brother let the candle. He's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting his whole, all of his business out there. <laughs> right. Not like she hadn't already done it already mm-hmm. for the whole entire night. But, yeah, she winds up saying, well, he's a virgin. He goes, wait, you're a virgin? He goes, yeah, I re- lit the candle. It's true. Here's the book and everything. And next thing you know, the cop doesn't even believe him. He goes, get on out of here. And then, of course, this other girl comes out, and uh, which happens to be the guy's girlfriend. Because can you believe that they actually think I'm a cop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was hilarious. I was, I was, I've always found that hilarious. Because I mean, I've always wondered, like, what happens if that really happens in real life? Like, you know, you're out on Halloween night, and especially now since costumes are like so much more elaborate and detailed than they were, you know, back, you know, in the nineties or the eighties. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know at this point that that could really happen if it hasn't already happened. So to many people. Right. But if you actually notice though, on the bike, there was no decal at all to show that he was a police officer. Exactly. So that actually stood out right then and there that, okay, this guy's in costume and everything but during their panic though you can actually I wouldn't have noticed it if I was panicking I'd be going to the first person I saw and thinking that this person might be a cop so I wouldn't even question it (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, especially if I know that the w- these witches are after me because I have their book. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now then, let's see. Oh, go on. Uh, what about uh Billy Billy Butcher Butcherson? Oh yeah, I love Billy. Billy is actually my favorite thing that the uh that they did inside of that graveyard where. Okay, they figured. Okay, well, we can't get them in the graveyard because of the fact that we can't cross in the uh, in the graveyard because we are witches. Mm-hmm. So, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go ahead and get a zombie to do it for us. And out of all the zombies that they choose, they chose Billy, who actually has a grudge against the sisters. Exactly. And so I'm like, okay, that didn't work in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because I actually watching it, um, Billy is actually, um, he was Winifred's, uh, companion. Like they were, they dated, but he had like an affair or something with her younger sister. So that's really what caused, uh, the grudge between Billy and Winifred and the sisters. Right, because wasn't didn't he sleep with Sarah or something? Like yeah, with Sarah. Yeah, he had a thing with Sarah, and that just caused the rift between Winifred and uh, and Billy. Right, and you can even tell Sarah still is into him. Yeah, she's like, "Hi, Billy." <laughs> and of course, his lips are also so so shut because of what Whitney did. Because she was jealous of Sarah, so therefore she figures going ahead, and so is Moshe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and then I liked it too, where um, he, you know Max and them are afraid of him because of the fact that number one, it's a zombie, so right? Like, they don't know on his side or not at that time because his mouth was so shut. So therefore, he didn't know. But I liked it whenever he reared back on that uh, tree limb and then knocks his head off. Oh yeah, that was that and was then, definitely hilarious. And then at that point too, uh, that's when Whitney tells him, "Look, bring the kids back to me, and I'll reward mm-hmm. you." <laughs> and he's just looking at her like, "Go to hell." Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Like, you can see this, the anger and disdain in his eyes. <laughs> Right, especially when he takes both of his arms and just flings it back, like, get away from Oh, me. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that sarcasticness. And then, of course, you know, Banks tells them that he's been hunting uh, rats and everything down in the store for years. And things like that. Remember when they actually had to hide oh, out yeah. in the sewer? Yeah, my part, I love when he's like, they're coming out of the sewers and the truck runs over the potholes in his fingers. Get cut off. Oh, yeah. Oh, Billy's man. fingers. <laughs> Still to this day watching that. It's like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> right. And I feel so bad for Billy. It's like, okay, I did, he didn't get his... You thought that getting his mouth so shut was bad enough. Now he's losing limbs. It, yeah, even in death, he's still suffering. <laughs> Which is something that Whitney actually wanted. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> but, uh... I, I really love the whole entire dynamic with Billy chasing them. And then, of course, uh, there's also the part where they actually go into this, go into the Halloween party of the adults looking for mm-hmm. their parents. And, you know, I really like the fact that, you know, you have the mother that's dressed up like Madonna. <laughs> and then you have the father that's dressed up like Dracula. Oh, yeah. So I actually like that. And then Danny's like, who are you supposed to be? Madonna? And she's just looking at her like, what? And and it's hilarious because even now, like, kids will do that to their parents. Or even if you have, like, younger siblings, like, who are you supposed to be? (laughs) Like, I thought I was trying to look cool, but (laughs) kids. But at the same time, I... I'm wondering if kids today would actually get some of the 90s references and stuff like that that we grew up with with the pop culture. Oh, yeah, yeah. It might take a while. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they'd see that and be like, Madonna, what? Why does that look like Madonna? (laughs) Right, with the cones and everything. It wasn't like PG-13 Madonna. It was like red arms Yeah, yeah, which which again... (laughs) Back to back to like th- different things you can get away with on um different movies that were like kids movies that were not <laughs> they wouldn't get away right. with now. 
No, definitely not. Not with the cones and everything. That's supposed to... All right, we're back. Okay, awesome. So, so, like I said, they wouldn't have gone away with that stuff back in the 90s or anything like that with the cones for our breast or anything like that. And then, of course, you know, at that time, the parents actually realized, too, that there's something serious going on, especially whenever Danny goes, listen to us. We have something that we need to tell you. Uh, this book right here is magic. This is Banks. He can talk. The Sanderson sisters are after us. And then the next thing you know, they walk through the door and they all think that it's just a Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, Max gets on the stage and he goes, those are the sisters right there. And then Whitney, she, I love how she plays it off. She goes, well, thank you for that lovely introduction, Max. <laughs> And the next thing you know, it's she winds up singing I Put a Spell on You, which I thought was actually, she does, Bent Miller did such a good job with playing. Oh, yeah, that is absolutely one of my favorite parts in the movie is that whole scene where they just break out into song and then they're actually putting a spell on the parents. Which is <laughs> so perfect. literally dance until they die. Right, because she even says that, dance until you die, until you can't go no more. Yeah, and then like it's, you see, everyone just t- gets into a trance, and they're just dancing, but mechanically they're just going and going. Right, and uh, another thing too, I want to actually say this: Marilyn Manson actually made the cover song of that song, though, too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's wow. That's that's dope. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Manson made uh, a cover song of that song a couple of years back, and I like his. It's a little bit slow da- slowed down, of course, a little distorted, and also has a little bit of more of a horrifying feel to it than what Ben Miller did. But yeah, I'm, I assume. But still, it fits in with the ki- with with us with Disney though, but what Ben Miller tried, what Ben Miller did. But then, of course, I also like it, too, when Allison's like, well, I got an idea. Let's go on ahead and burn them over at the school. Mm-hmm. And what what did you think of that scene about how that was played out? I think it was, I think it was pretty, just lured them over there and then just, like, stuck them in that, um, the, the boiler room. <laughs> Me, too. I thought and it was, I was good. Like, and watching it, it's like, oh, they got him. It's, it's, you know, it's, this is it. They, they, they finally got him. And then you realize, no, you still have more movie right. left. This can't possibly be the end of it. <laughs> exactly. And then also, too, I like it when it goes, I would like to have a book. I would like the whole recording because have you oh, my yeah. book? Bonjour. <laughs> it started speaking in Spanish. Yeah, like it's yeah, like because at the time in those schools, like they would do the, the, the recordings in the different languages. So it's like blast to the from the past, and they come out of the boiler room and they're just speaking French. <laughs> Winning everything that was half that was said. Right. I like to find a book. <laughs> Bonjour. I like to find my book, and then of course Max opens up the book and. That's when, uh, you know, he opens up the book because he actually feels bad because Zachary is still a cat and they want to actually try and find a way to uh, help help Zachary out. Their heart was in the right place, but also, too, they did something very stupid. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you can't have a horror movie where the um, without having the main character do something tremendously stupid, even though they had great intentions. Right, exactly. And then, of course, Zachary doesn't, um, well, Max doesn't know this, but it's also giving off a light from where they are actually at, where they're actually located, to where the sister, sisters finds, can find them. And at that point, oh, yeah. the, they're actually at their house at the time whenever all this is happening. And they're all depressed. They can't be young again. They can't find the book. <laughs> <laughs> and Wendy is like, goodbye, world. Goodbye, book. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary's like, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> then all of a sudden they see the light coming from where Max's house is and everything. I found the book. And of course, their brooms actually gets taken. So it's like GTA, GTA style from the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So they actually had to use whatever they could find. I liked how Mary was on the uh, vacuum cleaner. Oh, man, I love the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, too, you have Sarah that was actually on the mop. Yep. (laughs) You could tell that she was actually trying to hold still a little bit because it might have actually probably been damped. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It didn't look like a dry mop, definitely. No, definitely not. (laughs) And then, of course, Whitney is the only one that actually has a regular broom because she is the leader of the sisters. Hey, she's the leader. She's the oldest. That definitely, uh, definitely shows there. <laughs> right. And then I liked how Mary takes the vacuum cleaner and puts it underneath her, and then she accidentally does it a little too hard. She's like, "Ow!" <laughs> oh, yeah. That that scene is hilarious. It really is. And then, of course, that's when Zachary goes on ahead and slams the book shut. And they go downstairs. Alice and Max goes downstairs. And for some reason or another, they get salt because they think salt is actually going to, is what's going to stop them. But at the same time, they actually think that they actually put a lid on it. So why would they go downstairs in the first place to get salt if they already know? Exactly. What that scene, what gets me is uh, the little nostalgic marketing there. Um, if you see like the old cans of like Seven Up and the sugar and the raw, um, you're seeing that I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. how far we've come with like a different like product design. Because I'm like seeing that and I'm like, whoa, I remember the cans looking like that. <laughs> Same here as well. I always do that with like TV shows that I watch too, like on The Sopranos with the old Coca Cola cans. Oh yeah, and everything too. So I'm like that too, where I actually pay attention to the market. Uh, placement inside of a certain movie I'm like oh wow we came a long way since that logo oh yeah definitely <laughs> even with the salt logo though too with the little girl with the yam- yeah I-, I saw that and I was like oh my gosh I feel like I feel like this is my grandma's pantry <laughs> <laughs> or it might be our pantry now so exactly exactly it's like look looking at that again i'm like oh my gosh i remember all this right it's such a good little nostalgia factor though to it that's what i love about this and of course also too i liked it when they go back upstairs and danny's not in her uh bed or anything like that anymore and then all of a sudden whitney comes out and she goes looking for this and takes out the book and also takes out Danny and then or are you looking for this and then there's the Zachary's inside uh, side the uh, bag and at that point they all uh, get on their brooms and rush out to uh, rush out of the top of the house <laughs> and on their brooms and everything and cause a major destruction <laughs> in Max's room and then of course that's when Sarah winds up singing that song to lure all the kids inside their house Mm-hmm. So the same song we hear in the beginning of the of the movie, uh, that's already lowering uh, the children, and we see Emily walk off into the woods. Right, and I'm wondering if that was actually Sarah Jessica Parker's voice they used, or if it was somebody else's vocals they used. But I don't know. That's a great question. I would love to know that because that was actually a really pretty song that she was singing. So that would actually get my attention to probably go out. Oh yeah, because we because we assume uh, Bette Midler because she's Bette Midler. I mean, we know she's got the singing uh, chops. And then Kathy Najimy when she was in Sister Act, uh, not too long before this movie. So we know those those two can sing. Right. So I would love to know if Sarah Jessica Parker uh, did the vocals on that. That'd be cool if she did. But, oh yeah, definitely. But at that point, I'm like, some of them are still inside their costumes. Some of them are dressed for bed. I'm like, why are you still in your costumes? <laughs> it's like <laughs> twelve or one o'clock in the morning. The sisters are probably going to be dead soon because they have to take these kids' souls before the sun goes up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're just going to go with it. It's the '90s. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, no time for that. Just just stay there. <laughs> right. But then I liked it, too, where uh, Max, once again, tries to do something to where they, they fool, they fool uh, the sisters again. Which is uh, taking the headlights and make it look like that it was actually the sun. 
Oh, yeah. And he tricks them. <laughs> and again, they would have no idea because, again, that's a, a piece of technology that wasn't even around when they were alive. <laughs> no, and it's like, it burns. It burns. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't. Wait, it doesn't burn. What? What's happening? We're still alive. <laughs> and, then she goes, and then Wendy's like, that damn boy, he did it again. <laughs> And then uh, as Max is speeding on the highway and everything to get away from them, she, Whitney comes out of nowhere on her uh, broom. He goes, license and registration, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was really, that was actually a good line, though. I mean, I cracked up laughing. I'm like, okay, I don't care at this point if they yeah. know what that is or anything like that. I'm, yeah, like, we we can leave the movie sent away. Like, it's it's a great line. <laughs> right. And then, of course, they decide to go into the cemetery because, once again, you can they can't go into the cemetery. Yeah. And that's when we meet Billy again. <laughs> and, of course, whenever uh, he has Max by, by his arms, he takes out the pocket knife and everything and cuts open his lips and tells the witch, to, uh, tells Whitney to go to hell. She wants to like, oh, oh that there. scene. That <laughs> yeah. scene is amazing because I remember being frightened of that and I'm like oh my gosh is he actually going to hurt him and then he's just like nope I'm taking <laughs> taking these stitches off I'm like oh wow <laughs> right and it's like and then all of a sudden you see a bunch of stuff come out of his mouth <laughs> like cobwebs <laughs> and stuff oh yeah definitely um, I don't know if you this actor the guy who plays Billy but he has done like every person who's in a elaborate costume that is like head to toe yep. uh doug uh oh my gosh i believe his name is... <sighs> i know who you're talking about uh, yes but he he's a great actor doug jones uh, yeah doug he, jones he is great with being a contortionist and a mime um so like the fact that he's like in the shape of water he's the fish right um uh more recently he's in the um uh, vampire mockumentary show what we do in the shadows i didn't know that i didn't know his, yeah didn't... definitely one you want to check out uh if you if you're into like the office style type comedy it's it's a good one um okay but he plays a vampire like a like a three thousand year old vampire again head to toe just covered in prosthetics and everything and he's he does a great job at it so like him as billy i love it I did too. And as a matter of fact, he actually was in Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Oh, yeah, that's right. And on Legion as well. He he was the ice cream truck driver on Legion. Oh, man, I never realized that one. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I looked up his IMDb before. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this. So Yeah, he, he's in a lot of stuff. <laughs> but... You know, it just seems like with Billy, he added more of a layer to Billy than any of his other characters that he actually played. Don't get me wrong, Shape of Water is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it just seems like he gave us a reason to care about the zombie. Yeah, like, he really made you care about him. (laughs) (laughs) And I liked it whenever uh, he tells her to go to hell. She's oh, I've been to hell before. It's quite lovely. (laughs) Yeah. And he's calling all kinds of names in the book and everything. After 300 years, he has a lot to say. Yeah. That he's been saving it for. <laughs> and then, of course, Max tells him uh, to go on ahead, put Danny in the hole because they're digging a hole and put the salt around him and tell Danny just to stay there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that's when Mary comes in and tries to take uh, Danny Oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention, too, they actually have one small vial just for one child, which happens to be Danny, because they've been on the verge of wanting her all night. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they've been aggravating the hell out of the uh, Sanderson sisters. (laughs) You know, what better way to get revenge than to terrorize the the kid that that has been aggravating you all night? Yeah, that that really makes sense because I'm like, at this point, they know all the children are around trick-or-treating. They could have grabbed anybody, but they just really, they really just really wanted to get this kid just, just for that part, that revenge part. Exactly. And I felt like it worked. I really felt like that scene actually worked. And especially when 
Uh, they wind. I like it too when uh, Ma- they take the court of Mary's uh, vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah, <laughs> and doing like a tug of war thing to where they couldn't. She couldn't move. Yeah. And, and then of course Max winds up drinking the potions and sacrifices his own self to save Danny, which I thought was really great. Yeah, that is like the best best part. Like a real 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 thing there where, you know, we all know if like something went down, our our older sibling would have our back. Exactly. <laughs> big, bro- big brother would have your back. <laughs> and I think Zachary would have done the same thing though too, if he had a way to actually fight them instead of himself. Oh I think absolutely. He would have done the same thing for Emily. So, what did you think of the whole climax of the whole uh, as a as the film played out when they actually do turn to stone and everything? What did you think of the climax to it? I think I think it was great. I think leading up to it, where they turn to stone and they're just like, it happens. It's like, oh, this time it's for real. <laughs> <laughs> they finally got the Sanderson sisters. Right, and I love when Sarah just winds up opening her arms and goes, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> like, goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> Billy goes to sleep. He just pops himself in the in his uh, grave plot and just, whoop, goes, goes to right. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the parents come in after a long night of partying and everything else, and they said, and I thought L.A. was a party city. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I don't know how about the uh, part where Zachary Spirit leaves the cat mm-hmm. and he says his final goodbyes. Right. I thought that was sweet to say goodbye to Danny one last time. Oh, yeah. And then he's finally reunited with his little sister. Right. I'm, I'm glad that they actually got their happy ending. And uh, my favorite line out of that whole entire thing with ending is like, what took you so long? Oh, yeah. Like, she... She wasn't even worried about it. She's like, what took you so long? Like, what? Like, typical younger sibling. <laughs> right? Yes, I'm sorry, Emily. I had to wait 300 years for a, uh, for a version to light a candle. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> and looks back at Max. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think in today's age, they'll be waiting a lot longer. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but... Okay, so I know that they're supposed to be making a sequel for Disney Plus. That would be interesting. I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah, I remember all my friends being disappointed with the fact that they wanted they're doing it on Disney Plus rather than a big budget movie. Mm-hmm. But I said you have to look at it like this: it's a cult classic for a reason. It didn't make much at the box office. Yeah. So they figured. So. They probably figured, well, why are we going to take another chance on making the same movie a sequel with all these actors and actresses again when this movie didn't make that much to begin with? So our safest option is go with Disney+. Plus, Right. And and we live in a time now, uh, especially uh, in the middle of the whole COVID-19 and the quarantine and the pandemic, uh, where we have the technology to do great streaming. Like, everybody's utilizing it. Um, so they really can do something and put it on their streaming service and, and have a good quality show as they've, as they've shown with like the Mandalorian or different things that they've done uh, so far. Um, Now, whether it'll pass any of the ratings that they'll do, um, you know, I don't know if we'll have the same um, X factor that it did then in the nineties, but I, I know they'll bring a lot of nostalgia back. They're really good with that. Right. So I, I and, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll do sorry. that. Well, another thing though, too, is now this is just rumors, but they're saying that they're probably going to introduce a new covenant mm-hmm. and not do the Sanderson sisters again. So, and by Bit Midler and all them said that they were actually open to actually playing their roles again, but it's always up to the studios. It's always up to the directors to do so. But what do you think of that, that they were actually going to focus on another Covenant? I think that'd be great. Um, I would I would definitely be open to it. I would love to see it tie in or at least a nod to the original Sanderson sisters. Um, 
but I would I'm open to seeing uh, if they come up to come up with something different or you know a new coven or different things like that because if there's already three witches that were present at the time what makes you think there weren't more Um, and we already know the history behind uh, the Salem witch trials and different things like that and the lore behind it so I, I think there's I think there's promise for that same here. And that's what I said, though, whenever it was first announced that there's rumors going around that they might focus on another covenant. I said just because of the fact that we know about these three sisters, it does not necessarily mean that that's all there is. There's a much bigger world out there when it comes down to the Salem Witch Trials. So who's to say that they can't have them, like, as a neighbor or something? Exactly. So... Well, that's pretty much the whole entire review. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to it or anything like that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I love this movie. I think it's a classic. Um, I personally love to watch it each and every Halloween and even on non-Halloween months. Um, but I think it definitely stands the test of time with being a good, uh, good Halloween movie uh, to, to watch with the family or by yourself or with friends, it's it's just a great movie. I agree with you. As a matter of fact, I got my girlfriend to watch this for the first time because she didn't see really? it. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, she goes, I haven't seen it. I said, no, we're not going to have that. We're gonna. You have Disney Plus. We're watching it. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, getting a fresh right. perspective uh, from someone who hadn't seen it uh, or right. grew up seeing it because at this point, we've all seen it, you know, a couple dozen times. <laughs> right. And she said she liked it. It's just that she found some of the stuff kind of cheesy, and especially with today's time. I said, yeah, right. it's kind of cheesy. But it's quite enjoyable, though, too. She goes, yeah, it, it was quite enjoyable. So she definitely did enjoy the film, at least. Oh, that's great. That's awesome to hear. But anyways, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. It does mean a lot to me that you actually wanted to come on and talk about Hocus Pocus. I'm glad that Radimus reached out to me. Awesome. It's no problem. And I appreciate you uh, uh, letting me uh, talk about it. And this was this has been fun. And uh, yeah, I had a whole lot of fun with this. <laughs> I'm glad. And anytime that you actually want to come back on the show, let me know. And we might can do a review or something or maybe talk about a TV episode or anything like that, because I do more than just movies. I do TV shows, too. So if you want to come back on, just let me know. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. This is this has been great. All right. It has been great. It really has. And also, too, tell Radimus I said hi as well. And I, I'm, I'm proud of him for the, his whole entire comic book run and stuff like that that he's doing. Oh, thank you so much. So, I will let him know. <laughs> you're very welcome. All right. So, anyways, guys, if you guys want to go on ahead and do this, we actually have a place that you can actually donate towards the show you guys don't have to but if you guys choose to do so this is to keep the lights on at movie lovers unite you can go ahead and go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers and donate me a couple cups of coffee this is just to for me to go on ahead do some digital movie giveaways for me to actually get back to my fan community but i understand if you can't especially with this whole entire covid mess going around i completely understand but either way it goes you're still going to get me for free as well so you don't have to actually donate anything if you don't want to uh we also have a facebook page called movie lovers tv lovers unite as well we also have a website called movieloversunite.com you can get all your movie news information as well as movie reviews and things like that on there we also have a pinterest called movie lovers tv lovers unite and we also have an instagram with movie lovers tv lovers unite and you can follow me on twitter at movie lovers unit and also i'm of course, on Twitter at movie uh, John DiGorio8. And if you guys want to email me, just movieloversunite at gmail.com. And as always, until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>